Well, would you prepare your hearts this morning? We have a special guest speaker. His name is uh, Reverend Dr. Kimo Walls. Now, uh, Kimo is an ordained Foursquare minister for the last 35 years. He has served in roles as a senior pastor, as associate pastor, as a church planter, and a Foursquare cabinet member. He's also uh, served in the capacity of being uh, the president of Life Pacific College. He also holds degrees at um, University of Hawaii and um, GOBOs, and he also has a PhD in strategic leadership. I think most importantly, he's proud to be married to his wife, Lori, for many years, and he has two uh, adult children, one in California, one here in Oahu. And um, it is my pleasure. I've gotten to connect with him. He is the regional pastor for um, Oahu, meaning that he is a pastor to the pastors. And I've uh, met up with him. We've had lunch at Teddy's Bigger Burgers in Hawaii Kai. And he has such a heart for Jesus, for people, for pastors, and he has a heart for you. So he has a great word for us on waiting on the promises of God. So prepare your hearts and let's take a look. Aloha, Kakahiaka. I want to thank you for allowing me to be here with you today, Kahu John and Renee and uh, the Ohana at New Hope Community Church. Thank you so much. I'm so stoked to be with you. Uh, it's an exciting time. We're going through some really exciting times. You watch the news and all the things going on, and I know we cling to the promises of God. The sermon today is entitled, Waiting on the Promises of God. Not always an easy thing, yeah? But uh, I wanted to begin today by asking you a question. How many of you are still waiting on the promises of God? Raise your hand. Now, I cannot see you, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it kind of is right here. It's like, I've got these promises of God, something that God has spoken to me. And you know, the promises of God come kind of in two ways. We have general promises of God, which I'm going to go over uh, here in just a minute. But uh, we also have uh, promises that are specific to us, that sometimes the Lord will speak to us, that, that rhema uh, word of God will speak to our heart about something. And as he speaks to us, we begin to embrace that. Or maybe somebody speaks prophetically into your life. That is a rhema word of God. But then also we have the logos word, which is the written word. Yeah, And we have the, uh, the promises that are meant for all of us. I'm going to uh, go over these, uh, just a few of these real quickly. There are over 7,000 promises from God to us in the Bible. It's an amazing number of promises. And I can tell you, having uh, walked with the Lord almost 50 years now, uh, that uh, these promises are true. He will bless you in incredible ways as you continue to walk in Him. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. How many want a hope in the future? I know we all do, yeah? Uh, Deuteronomy 31.8, The Lord Himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Then Matthew 6.31-33, uh, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And then finally, the last one I wanted to share with you is 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, 
having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Incredible promises that I embrace in my heart, and I hope you will too. And as you continue to uh, walk the journey uh, with the Lord, when you see these promises in the written word, embrace them, even write them down. And hopefully you're journaling. If you have a regular spiritual discipline every day of praying and listening to God, uh, reading the word, jot these promises down. And I promise you that God is faithful in uh, bringing those about. Uh, my sermon today is really taken from Genesis 12, verses 1 through 4. And in this particular story, this is about Abram, uh, Abram and Sarah. Now, this is before he, uh, his name was changed to Abraham. And the Lord said to Abram in Genesis 12, verse 1, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth, not some, all the families on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot, who was his nephew, by the way, went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. So this is the scripture that we're going to kind of build on as we talk about uh, the uh, waiting on the promises of God. This is actually the beginning of, the, uh, of Abram's time of waiting for the promises of God to be fulfilled in his particular life. First of all, how many of you enjoy waiting? No, I don't think so. It's not something that we're really wired to do well. Sometimes waiting on God uh, to give us direction is like, waiting in the hallway for a door to open. You know that concept, yeah? Uh, if, you, if you've ever thought about the purpose of a hallway, I, as I was preparing the sermon, I started thinking about this concept of a hallway. We don't talk about this very much. We talk about bedrooms and living rooms, and we talk about porches and all kinds of things like that, even garages. When you look at the real estate uh, ads out there, they talk about bedrooms and, and uh, bathrooms and, and the beautiful remodel kitchen, but they never talk about hallways. So what is the purpose of a hallway? It doesn't qualify to be a room. No one talks about the hallway. It has no function but to be the connection between two points. Uh, they, the points are from where you've been to where you are going. So waiting on God is oftentimes like walking down the hallway, waiting for a particular door to open. The hallways are really the, really the most heavily traveled room in the house believe it or not. The carpet usually shows the most wear in the hallway, but nowadays you rarely see carpets in hallways, if you see hallways at all in a home, because they wear down so quickly. And yet this is the place where we decorate uh, with pictures of our family. Uh, if you've ever been in a home that has hallways, a lot of the older homes still have hallways, yeah? You see pictures of, of the family and friends and memorable occasions. Nothing scenic. There's nothing typically scenic about that. And uh, we see in the hallway uh, these pictures, and really it's a place of reflection and a place to contemplate on the memories that we recall with our most precious uh, family members and friends. We put those memories up uh, for those that we invite into our home. And these friends and family use our hallways. Now, typically the hallway is used by friends to go to that very intimate room called the bathroom. And usually it's only our close friends and family will ask you, where is the bathroom? 
or we'll make that attempt to go down the hallway to get to the bathroom. So it's really an interesting concept. They don't, uh, people don't, uh, that know you well won't shy away from asking you where's the bathroom. And as they walk down the hallway, they oftentimes will look at pictures that you may have in the hallway and they'll reflect on times that maybe in their own life they were involved or connected with your family at that particular time. We rarely spend any time uh, stopping though and looking in the hallway. As we're walking, we typically will pass the picture. Oh yeah, I remember that. I remember that ho'olaulea uh, that we went to or whatever. Uh, and so it's really kind of just a transit area. It's not for lounging. We don't lounge in the hallway. Wouldn't it be weird if we found chairs in the hallway in your house and people were walking down and they saw the chair and thought, oh, what's the chair for? I'm not going to sit in the hallway. I'm going straight to the bathroom or I'm going straight to the kitchen or whatever it is. There are only two directions in the hallway, the way in and the way out. No turning to the left or right unless there's some other room that you have to get to by turning. Um, hallways are always usually bright. Uh, they're brightly lit. That's so we don't bump into anything. There's nothing about aesthetic lighting in a hallway. It's just bright lights, just so that you can see where you're going. The, um, it, you can't get lost in a hallway again because it's just going one way or the other. Uh, but it's not a place to hang out. And it's not a place with much scenery. We don't typically have scenery in the hallway. It's just a hallway. There are usually no windows in the hallway. Nothing to look out into the, uh, the yard or into the neighborhood. But today, you know, it's really funny. Most people minimize hallways. They have open concept homes, you know, that where you, you walk in the front door and here's this beautiful living room and there's no wall between the living room and the dining room. There's no wall between the, uh, the dining room and the kitchen. It's all open. There are no hallways. Everything is connected through this giant open space. It's almost a statement on an attempt to reduce transit time or to ensure that people can go from one room to another following their own path. No one anymore wants to be told how to get there. They don't want to have to follow the hallway that your house has. They want to be able to see it all open and they want to make choices uh, along the way. They don't want to wait to get to their destination. We want it all here right in front of us. People don't want hallways. Hallways again cause us to wait. Hallways again represents that waiting concept or that waiting time as a metaphor as we wait upon God and His promises. So the open concept homes reduce times for reflection uh, in our lives because we always, we're always in the thick of conversation in an open concept home. There's, there's really no time to meditate on the things of the past uh, because we're looking at pictures of memorable times. There, there isn't any reflection and maybe we don't like, like to have that time of reflection that we would have walking in a hallway because that time of reflection may be painful. You know, we are, we're a funny people nowadays. People don't like to face the pain of their past. We typically stuff it down, we bury it. We don't want to look at stuff like that. So today, many of us prefer to avoid deep personal times of meditation because of so much pain we've endured by the onslaught of Satan, by the onslaught of negative words and concepts that are thrown at us, and oftentimes by the wickedness of humankind. We moved our conversations. This is really interesting. When you look at the architecture, uh, the, 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 
the, um, the way architecture has changed over time. We have moved our conversations from the front porch uh, of our homes to the backyards. If you look at homes nowadays, except some of the, some of the homes here in, here in Hawaii are still have the front porch, and people would congregate on the front porch. You're walking down the street, you see your friends sitting on the porch, um, you go over, you talk story, and then you move on. Today though, homes typically, like in this particular slide, they have out in front a garage. The garage is there. It's not inviting. It doesn't say, hey, come on over, we'll go talk story. No, it's all about we want to block everything else off in the world because we don't want to face the challenges that we have to face. And so oftentimes, people now go to the backyard. That's where you go. That's where you have your times of um, uh, fellowship, barbecue, swimming pools. But by doing that, we avoid the pressures of meeting new people and dealing with the world around us. So it's really funny how, um, how our world has changed and how architecture reflects that change, that change of mind, that change of heart. Sometimes our hallways look like this. All the doors to the rooms uh, are closed. And we're wondering, Lord, where am I going? Which door should I go through? Which opportunity are you bringing along? What are you trying to do in my life? How are you going to bring about those promises that you've spoken into me? I'm waiting. I'm still waiting. And yet I see the doors, but they're not open to me. So how does it make you feel when God has you in the hallway of life, that waiting time? It's not easy. It's not easy. You feel like you're stuck when there's no doors open to you. You know, this time of COVID that we've had has been really difficult for many, many people. Many people lost their jobs. Many people lost their income. And they've been stuck in this hallway without any opportunities facing them. They've been trying to get by. Some of you may be watching this, uh, uh, this online sermon today. Uh, know exactly what I'm talking about. And just now the COVID thing is starting to wane. We're starting to get ahead of it. Jobs are opening up. Opportunities are opening up. Doors are opening up. And some of you may have more than one door opening up. And so you've got to start making some decisions on, Lord, which door you want me to walk through? Which one is part of the promise that you've made in my life? But you know, when we don't have the doors open to us, we become frustrated. We become frantic in, 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 in mental and emotional turmoil. And, and some of us start doing stuff. We start doing stuff, trying to get the doors to open. Usually we begin by knocking on doors, yeah? Hey, uh, Kimo here. I'm looking for a job. I heard you folks are hiring. Or, hey, um, I just need some help with something. And you're knocking and knocking and knocking and nobody answers. And so it's frustrating to us. So when the door doesn't open, we might even think of ways to violate the lock. And in this picture, you see the guy trying to use the credit card, yeah? We try to pick the lock or we use a credit card. Hey, we've seen it on the movies. We know it works. We're going to give it a try. So we take out our credit card. We take the one we know like jam up, yeah? Because the one, it's going to get bust up inside the lock. And so we try to be careful and we pick the, the one we hardly use, maybe the gas credit card or maybe the Target credit card. And we slide it in there trying to jimmy the door. We try to make it work to bring about the promises of God. Sometimes we feel like the God is out to squash us. 
that for some reason he's an angry God, a vengeful God, that he wants to squash us, he wants to put us out of our misery. He's not going to bring about the promises uh, that he's made to us. He's not going to bless us because he's not that kind of God. Well, let me just say this is a wrong perception of who God is. And as you study scripture and as you grow in your faith, as you take that journey, you'll begin to understand God in a way that is amazing. You'll see that he is a loving God, a caring God, a God that is for us and not against us. So continue to press into that. But if you have this kind of perception of God, let me just say that you're wrong and you need to take, take the time. If you need to get together with one of the pastoral staff members and say, hey, help me to understand God a little bit more. I'm sure that they would be loving and willing to, uh, to share with you and help you through that. Sometimes we get real aggressive and that aggression can cause us to do stupid things, yeah? I love this thing. It's time for a showdown, you and me. Uh, I can't even imagine going up against God. What a crazy thing to do, the, the creator of heaven and earth. And I'm going to challenge him because I'm angry with him and I'm going to have a, a showdown with him. Doesn't make sense, yeah? Craziness. So, another one, when the doors in the hallway don't, uh, don't open uh, after we get angry, we try to bargain with God. We are constantly uh, in this bargaining uh, with God. God, if you will just open this door, I promise I will never blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm talking about, yeah? Um, I was thinking of a story the other day. I grew up surfing, like so many of us here in Hawaii. And I was a waterman. I loved to be in the ocean. But I remember many years ago surfing at Haleiwa, a big day at Haleiwa. I caught this wave, and I, I cranked my turns, went around, kicked out. And there's a strong current at Haleiwa. And I remember trying to paddle into the lineup. I was heading back towards the harbor to get into the lineup. And I remember I was paddling, paddling, paddling. And I just couldn't seem to, to move any farther uh, forward. I was picking a landmark on the shore and say, OK, this is how I'm going to measure if I'm making forward progress. So I'm paddling, paddling, paddling. And I'm realizing the current is, is almost holding me in place. I mean, I'm making a little bit of time, little bit, little bit. But I'm realizing that this is a struggle, and I might not make it. And so I get to that point. You know the point some of you, uh, uh, you can relate to this, yeah? You get to that point where you realize, okay, God, it's you and me. I need, to, I need your help. I cannot do this. I don't have the strength. I don't have the agility. I can't do this. And I begin to cry out to God, say, God, if you'll help me make it into the harbor around, around the rocks over here, I know I'll be okay. And I promise, God, I will follow you the rest of my life. You know those kind of promises, yeah? Those kind of things that you say to God. Let's make a deal. Lord, if you'll do this, then I will do this. And I remember paddling, paddling, paddling. Finally, I don't know, it seemed like a half an hour. I finally went around the breakwater into the harbor right there, and the, and the current stops. I mean, it's just a boom, it stops. And I remember laying on my board thinking, oh, God, thank you so much. Of course, at that point, you're already forgetting what you promised to God, yeah? So, um, but I did follow after the Lord. But it was one of those times when I thought, okay, I, I had tried to make a deal with God. If you'll do this, God, if you'll help me, then I'll do this. Well, God did help me, gave me the strength. But, uh, but that's not the typical way that we like to operate with God, yeah? So, <laughs> when, any of, when none of these things uh, tend to work, depression oftentimes begins to sink in. And we fall into the season of despair. We're constantly focusing our problems instead of believing the promises that God has for us. Instead of waiting for the right timing uh, that God has for us. Depression never gets us anywhere. Uh, and we end up arriving at this place of acceptance acceptance yeah okay so well Lord I guess 
you know, I've been waiting a long time. Uh, you know, three weeks you promised me to this and uh, this thing, and all of a sudden, three weeks down the road, still hasn't happened. You know, I'm, I must not be worthy of it. Something I have done has probably negated the promise that you made to me, yeah? So we begin to accept it that way. And of course we begin to deny uh, God and deny our faith in that process. So this is a really um, a challenging place to be. Let's go back to, uh, let's go back to the scripture here about uh, Abraham. Um, uh, I mentioned earlier that uh, when God appeared to Abraham, he said, I'll give you this land to your descendants. So he said, okay, you're going to get land and you're going to get descendants. You're going to have children, right? Of course, they didn't have children at that point. And Abraham built an altar there and dedicated, uh, dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. Like I said earlier, he worshiped God in that moment. That was the right response. That was the response God was looking for in Abraham. That's the response he's looking for us as well. When God makes that promise to us, we're to worship God, we're to praise Him with our whole hearts because that's what He's hoping for. That's what He's looking for. And as time goes, we're to continue to praise Him uh, as we go along, even though uh, we might be facing uh, difficult times. But when we, when we come to that place of complete surrender to God and begin to praise Him, it is a singular, singularly sac uh, sacred moment in nature. It is that connectedness between, uh, between us and God. It is that moment that we say, God, it's all yours. I'm all yours. Whatever you promise, I know that it will happen, but I want to do it on your time, so I continue to wait and I continue to worship you. So what happens in you while you wait is just as important as what you are waiting for. What happens in you is just as important as, it, as what you're waiting for to happen. So as you're in this waiting period, God is doing something inside of you. You're not just sitting there. You're not just sitting there angry. You're going through a process where God is changing and shaping and molding your character, molding your heart so that you can continue to grow in the things of the Lord. You know, as the proverb uh, says, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. So God is oftentimes just waiting for us to come into that moment where we've surrendered to Him and we worship Him. And that's oftentimes when He steps through that door or He opens that door for us. The Apostle Paul gives us uh, one good reason why we should praise God no matter what else happens in our lives. In Romans uh, uh, Roman 4, 16, he says, Therefore the promise comes by faith. The promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and be guaranteed to all. Uh, and the New Living Translation says, So the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift, and we are all certain to receive it. You see, faith is so important. And when we praise God in those difficult times, we're expressing our faith to God. And that is what brings down those promises that God has made. He's looking for that change in us, and at the right time, and when we make the right response, that's when God begins to work and bring about the promises He's given to us. Uh, here's another great scripture out of Romans 8:28, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. According to His purpose for them. Um, timing is so important. Uh, oftentimes doors are locked for good reasons. I'll tell you a little story. Uh, many years ago, I was in the music business and uh, I, I worked in Nashville. 
And I was uh, managing a group at that time called the Imperials. They were four-time Grammy Award winners. The Lord had blessed me and opened doors for me in incredible ways, my wife and I. And uh, we wanted to buy this house. And uh, we had made the offer, had gotten accepted. And um, the bank kept telling us, oh, we don't see any problem with you qualifying for this loan. The day we were to close on the loan, we had the house packed up in a U-Haul truck and in our van. We go to the, the bank, and as we're sitting down, they said to us, I'm sorry, but uh, you didn't qualify for the loan. And it was like getting hit with a brick in the, in the head. It was like a most unbelievable moment. And I remember walking out to the U-Haul uh, truck. My wife got in the van. I said, you know what, let's just go to my office uh, down the road, and let's kind of figure this out. So as we're driving, we're homeless. First time in my life I've ever been homeless. And I remember sobbing in that U-Haul truck thinking, God, what did I do? I thought that this was a blessing, a promise that you had given us, that we would have this house. And I remember crying. So we went to my office and my, our kids were little. They played in the front waiting area. My wife and I began to pray. And she says, you know what? I just had a thought. You remember that couple, Lance and Susie, they, they have a duplex in Brentwood and they, they uh, wanted to rent out the other half. And I said, you know what, that was six months ago. Guarantee that that place is rented already. She said, well, no, go call him. And this is, a, my wife is a woman of faith. She said, go call him. So I call him up and they said, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we, we just finished painting the, the, uh, the apartment. It was a three, little three bedroom, one and a half uh, bath uh, duplex right next to them on the other side of them. And they said, we haven't been able to rent it out. Do you want to come look at it? We said, yeah. So we jumped in our vehicles, drove down there. It was on two acres, a beautiful little house, nothing really extravagant or anything. Uh, and it was right next to Lance and Susie. So our kids were the same age as their kids. We got to play together. And, but what's so interesting about this is that we, uh, the Lord spoke to us a little while later to plant a church. And we planted a church and uh, the church uh, actually grew out of our home there. We had the nice big yard, we had people come over, and we began to develop that core group in our local church uh, that we, that Lord had called us to, uh, to plant. And it, w it, it was really by uh, allowing us to focus on people then on a big beautiful house that, that, uh, that God uh, was able to do the things in us and through us at that time that He wanted us to do. Now, uh, a couple years later, after the church had gotten planted, uh, he did give us the means to buy a house and everything worked out well. But again, sometimes timing is the most critical thing that we have to deal with and recognize that when doors are locked, they're locked for good reasons and trust God. So, you know, whatever hallway you might be in tonight, uh, as you wait for the door to your next destination to open, let's praise Him with all our hearts. Let's have the right response. Let's have the right response that God is looking for us so that He can open those doors for us. Uh, praising God is a part of embracing the covenant that we have with God. It sometimes seems a little bit counterintuitive. You know, God will open the door, but it will be the best door and it will be at the right time. That's the thing that comes about when we trust God and have faith in Him. You know, the Apostle Paul says in 1 Peter uh, uh, chapter 5, verse 6, So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time He will lift you up in honor at the right time. See, timing is so important when you're waiting on the promises of God. So, again, God is looking for our response during those times of waiting. When we're in that hallway and the doors are all closed, He's looking for our response. Are we going to praise God 
with our whole hearts? Are we going to worship Him? Are we going to build that spiritual altar, that, that moment of, of sacrifice, that sacred moment with God? Or are we going to try and create the Ishmael? Are we going to go out and build the Ishmael? And, and ultimately, when we try to do the things that God has for us, or, uh, but we try to do them in our own way at our own time, we create oftentimes something that comes back to bite us, just like uh, when Abram and uh, Hagar uh, had their intimacy and Ishmael was born. He became, again, the father of the Arab nations, and they have been a thorn in the flesh of Israel forever. And so it's a very difficult thing that oftentimes we have to deal with when we create that Ishmael ourselves instead of waiting on Isaac, that promise, that son of promise. God has promises to each and every one of you. There's over 7,000 of them that go for all of us. But then God oftentimes speaks these individual promises to you in your quiet time. Embrace that. Trust that you're hearing from the Holy Spirit. And if you've, if you've um, maybe you're out there today and you're watching and you're, you're hearing these words, you're hearing uh, a sermon, maybe for the first time, you're hearing someone talk about God, talking about the promises of God, faith, all of these things, and these may be foreign to you, but for some reason you're feeling this tugging at your heart. You may even be uh, welling up with tears. You know something is going on inside of you. That's the Holy Spirit that's drawing you, that's wooing you into the love of God. But if you're one of these people, or if you're one of these people that maybe have known the Lord for a long time, or even a period of time, and for whatever reason the, the challenges you faced uh, have caused you to drift away from God, maybe you've denied the promises of God, this is the moment here and now today that you can come back to that place of right fellowship with God. So if you're one of these people out there and you're hearing these words for the first time or you're sensing that, that wooing, that tugging of the Lord, let me just uh, pray and if you'll just follow along with me in prayer, okay? Father, in the name of Jesus, we're so grateful that you are a loving God, a caring God. Lord, we're thankful the promises, uh, for the promises that you have given us. And Lord, as a as someone who is desiring to know you more, I just ask forgiveness for the sins that I have committed over the years, Lord. I ask that you would accept me into the family of God, into your kingdom, Lord. That you'll help me to walk and journey in my faith walk over the years ahead. That I would grow mature in you and that I would be able to pour into the lives of others. And Lord, I'm one of those people that, that have drifted away from you. And I apologize. I'm sorry, Father, that I've not trusted you and, and, uh, and continued to follow you in my life. And I give my life back to you. I surrender to you, Jesus. Help me to get back on track. Forgive me for the times that I have denied you. And Lord, we're just thankful that, that you give us a way, that you have redeemed, you have a path and a purpose through the blood of Jesus that forgives us of our sins that we can now come into communion with you and live a life of eternity in your presence. So we just commit this uh, day to you, this time to you, these prayers to you. Help us, Father, to walk these, these pathways towards the promises that you've given us. Help us always to have the right response. Help us to wait on the right timing. So we just commit this to you in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. It's great to be with you today. Thank you for spending the time with us. Aloha.